Our scripture reading this morning is from Revelations 1, 4 through 8. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who perceived him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Uh, Darlene, were you going to uh, introduce uh, Nate? I think Nate needs no introduction after I've already introduced him at the beginning. So I would invite Nate to, to speak. Nate, Nate welcome to Valley Presbyterian Church uh, online. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you very much for having me and for inviting me. I, I take it as an honor when I am able to preach and to share from God's word. Um, so thank you. I, I wish that I could see you in person. Um, one of the things I love about guest preaching is shaking hands and meeting people and seeing babies and, um, you know, saying hello and getting to know a little bit of your story. Um, but of course, totally understand the precaution that's taken this morning. So all that to say, thank you for having me. Maybe perhaps I can meet you in person at a later date. Um, but I'm grateful for Pastor Jenny inviting me um, this morning. Um, our, our title this morning or our theme is rhythms of resilience, rhythms of resilience. We are in this interesting weekend um, where some people make New Year's resolutions. Um, and if I was with you in person, I would love to ask you how you feel about New Year's resolutions. Some people love that phrase and idea. Some people hate it. Um, some think it's cliche. Um, some like to take the idea and spin it and make it different and more meaningful. Um, but whatever you think about that idea of New Year's resolutions, this weekend is a very natural time to pause, to stop, to reflect, to, to consider our individual lives, to consider where God is working, um, to consider what is going on in the world, to consider what doors might be opening to us, and to consider how we are living and what kind of rhythms are in our lives and if those rhythms are helpful or are unhelpful to us living a whole and a healthy um, life. I really appreciated speaking with Pastor Jenny um, about all of you and I could sense her care um, and pastoral heart and love for this church as she described this uh, community of people. Um, and I appreciated this, this theme of resilience. Um, and I love how she described resilience as living with grace and courage when life is hard. Living with grace and courage when life is hard. 
Um, and for us to live with grace and courage when life is hard, one of the things we need um, are some healthy rhythms of life, to be intentional about pursuing a life with grace and courage as this life is hard. And we see in the, the life of Jesus, of how Jesus lived, some very particular rhythms to how he lived life in those three years of ministry on the earth. And this morning, there are many ways you could break that down, the life and teachings of Jesus. One way uh, for this morning is looking at the rhythms of action and contemplation in the life of Jesus. Action and contemplation. Active work in the world, working to make the world a better place, and then walking away from the crowds and being alone. Addressing the needs of our community and our world and working hard to do our part, and then going away on the mountain to be alone and to rest and to recharge and to be with the Father. Back and forth, over and over, action and contemplation um, are woven into these gospel stories that we read. And this morning we'll look at um, the Gospel of Luke and a, a short passage I'm going to read from Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 15. Once when he was in one of the cities, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I do choose, be made clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he ordered him to tell no one. Go, he said, show yourself to the priest. And as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing for a testimony to them. But now more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases. But, but it says, but he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. In, in this little story, we see this pattern that Jesus has, this pattern of Jesus entering into the lives of humanity, engaging human beings right where they are in whatever pain they're holding, whatever suffering they're holding, engaging humans, serving caring, loving, helping, doing his mission. And then the crowds gather as they are excited about his teaching and about healing. The crowds are gathering. And I just think of our humanity and our culture, which often when the crowds gather, that's go time. Like, let's, let's expand it all. Let's make it all bigger. Let's make it better. Let's get more crowds and more people. And as the crowds come and it gets hectic, after his mission, Jesus says, now I am going to walk away from all of you and be completely alone on the side of a mountain. I'm going to pray. And then Jesus would return and do something similar, action and contemplation back and forth. Jesus engaged those who were suffering. He engaged individuals. He also challenged leaders and systems that would harm individuals. But he was active. He was doing things in this world and then gave his life away. Now, of course, our, our time is different, our culture is different, but as followers of Jesus, in a healthy life following Jesus, we are called in different ways to also act, to, to also engage with humans around us in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our country, to engage in our unique ways that God has made us, to, to act with God, to, as we prayed earlier, to, to see heaven 
come to earth. And we have a role in that to be the hands and the feet um, of Jesus. So there is this theme in Jesus' life of action. And we wrestle with how, do, how can I act as I look at this world around me? How can I act in this world in a way that makes sense of how God has made me? Action and then contemplation. To contemplate, to stop, to rest, to pray. I wrote a definition of contemplation for the message this morning. I don't think I'm allowed to make up definitions um, as a pastor, but, but I made up a definition of contemplation just for how I'm using it this morning. And by contemplation, at least this, this morning, I mean habitually, intentionally spending time alone with our Abba Father, meditating on who God is so that we can be renewed and restored and reminded of God's boundless love and care for us. Jesus does this over and over. I'm going to read a couple more verses. Luke 6, 12 says, Now during those days he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. Luke 9, 18. Once when Jesus was praying alone with only the disciples near him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? The next chapter, or a few verses later, Luke 9, 28 now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, and he went up on the mountain to pray. Now, I read all these verses over and over just to make the point that this isn't one obscure verse in Luke that I'm taking and trying to make into a big deal. If, if you read the gospel of Luke, if you read the narrative, there is a pattern, there is a rhythm to how Jesus did this life, this life of action and then this life of getting away and being alone in a very intentional way to stop and to be with the Father and to be recharged and to be made new and then to re-enter humanity again. I want to share for a few moments about my own story. Um, and my own narrative gives me a particular energy to see these texts and to be excited to, to preach about them. But um, about 13 years ago, my family and I moved into a neighborhood in East Oakland to start a, a nonprofit and, and to serve um, young people in these neighborhoods, um, a neighborhood that I think is beautiful and full of life and culture and vitality, and also a neighborhood that, that is plagued with some violence and, and poverty um, and pain. And so I've spent years um, searching for the ways that God could use me with who I am. Um, and that's taken different forms of mentoring or discipling, uh, coaching basketball, Someone said baseball, and I thought, I know nothing about baseball, but, but thank you for saying I'm a coach. Um, but I love to coach basketball. I opened a music studio. Um, I've marched in the streets. I've, I've walked through life with young people in and out of jail, um, and I'm glad, and I, I have loved that. And I've gotten to know community leaders um, and learned from them and been active in speaking out against racism and injustice in Oakland and, and in this state, and I'm glad for that. But a couple of years ago, I reached this point where in my zeal to act, I realized that I was exhausted and I had been trying to act on Jesus' behalf so hard that I had really neglected a life of contemplation, uh, a life of having space to go back and to very intentionally sit in God's presence on a regular basis. I, I found this quote from Henry Nouwen, one of my favorite authors. He wrote, the farther the outward journey takes you, the deeper the inward journey must be. 
And as you think about your life, I know many of us are taxed right now, whether that's from serving our neighbors or our church or our children or our family, whether that's from living in a world that is very chaotic and tumultuous right now. A lot of us are taxed in our outward journey. And now when writes, the further the outward journey takes us, the deeper the inward journey must be. And I reached a time in my life where my outward journey was frantic and the inward journey was there, but was becoming smaller and less pronounced in my life. So I went through a season of, of dusting off all my books about contemplation and prayer and the Desert Fathers and Thomas Merton and Henry Nouwen and um, joining a cohort and uh, practicing contemplative prayer and buying more books and more candles and spending more time on the beach and more time hiking um, and found greater peace and a, a greater inner healing and meeting with the spiritual director. And then I found this season of life where I was finding so much peace and um, like a resurgence of my soul with God. But I found myself really just wanting, and I, since we're on a screen, I can even show you, I just kept buying more candles and more prayer books. And this part of me didn't want to rejoin what God was doing in the world. There was this part of me that didn't want to go out and try to mentor young people in a violent neighborhood. There was this part of me that didn't really want to go out and consider systemic injustice or racism anymore because that's hard. Caring about those things, doing things is hard and it can be tiring. And I reached this point of realizing, wow, I have taken the pendulum from this side to let's just act, act, act. And then I push the pendulum to this side of I just want to sit and contemplate and contemplate and contemplate and not worry about those tiring things for a season. And I actually began to find some sort of healthy rhythm. And one of the ways I was actually reading about the life of St. Francis and some other saints. And I saw this life in Francis and others, this life of radically giving of themselves to their neighbors, to their community, of challenging systems, of being with human beings, and this radical life of saying, I am going to go pray. I am going to stop. I'm going to have these rhythms of rest and of prayer and of contemplation. And I saw that in Francis, and it occurred to me, that is the life I see in Jesus. That this life of, of entering in with your gifts, of entering into the pain of our neighborhoods, of our places, of our towns, of our cities, and then stepping away completely and stopping everything and being alone with the Father and practicing Sabbath, practicing retreat. We need action. We also need contemplation so that we can be reminded to trust in God. As we struggle to make this world better, as, as we struggle to fulfill our jobs and our duties, we need to be able to trust God. And, and a habit of contemplation and prayer can remind us that we are going to be okay, to remind us that God does love us, to remind us that we can trust what God is doing and follow God's ways. And it does make some sense. Now, the difficult thing about preaching about a life of action and contemplation is I don't know every one of you, and I don't know the ways that God desires to use you in your families, in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in this world. It is unique. 
Each one of us, I, I can see faces on a screen and I can only imagine the different life stories and the different gifts that you have, the different circles of influence that you have, the different neighbors that you have on your streets, the, the different circles of people that you know and come into contact with, the ways that God would use you in this world. I don't know all of them. I know you have gifts that I don't. And I know this person on this screen has different gifts than this person. And God desires to, to use us in this world in a million different ways. When I wrestle with how God wants to use me, I, I come back to this quote from Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman had a huge influence on Martin Luther King Jr., was a, a prolific uh, preacher, theologian, author. And he wrote something that, that to me echoes what the Apostle Paul writes about different gifts that we have. And Howard Thurman wrote, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So I would ask you even in this moment, looking at this year to consider, as I look at what the world needs and my neighborhood needs, what are those things that make me come alive as I consider serving the people around me? And I ask you to consider now, what are the unique rhythms of contemplation that work for you as you seek to connect with God, to connect to the spirit of God, as you seek rest and renewal in God's presence? How do you do that? Jesus would go pray on the side of a mountain. And I've, I've visited those places in the past, and you, you can visually see it, how that would make sense. That, that would be the place you would go from these villages. You, you would go to those mountains. That's where you would be alone. For you, where are those places? It, it may be a mountain. It, it may be a hike in the hills. It, it may be an ocean or a stream. It may be a backyard or a bedroom or a closet. It may be a sacred friend who listens to you and God speaks to you through them. It may be a walk in your neighborhood. It may be working with your hands in your garage by yourself. It may be a retreat center or a monastery. It may be reading Psalms. It may be listening to sacred music. We are each unique in those ways. But I ask you to consider how is it, what rhythm, what habit in your life really helps you slow down and take that deep breath and to sit in God's presence and let God speak to you, to let God renew you, to let God remind you of who you are as God's sacred child. What are those rhythms for you? And how could you practice those rhythms in this year of 2022? And who, who will walk with you in those rhythms? Who will encourage you? in those rhythms. Who will see your life if it gets out of whack? Too much only action or too much only contemplation. Who in your life will walk with you and help you engage in, in a rhythm of life this year that is healthy and is life-giving and that is in the way of Jesus? So may you find a rhythm to your days. May you find a rhythm of 2022. May you find a rhythm of a day, find a rhythm of a week with some action and some contemplation woven together. I'd, I'd like to pray for all of us for a moment as we close. God, I thank you for these stories of Jesus. I think they're beautiful and they are life-giving 
and there is a model of how to live on this planet Earth. And God, I ask that your spirit would even speak to us um, in our hearts, in our souls, in our imaginations, God, that, that you would give us a vision for a life with healthy rhythms, with rhythms of acting in this world and with rhythms of retreating and praying and contemplating. God, may you give us courage. May you give us grace um, to live in a healthy way this year. Amen.